children of God. Okay? Well, let's pick it up. Um, if we understand that, that uh, you know, God in his nature is love, uh, then the next step for us is to understand that God had to demonstrate his nature, that he had to demonstrate his love for us. And the way he chose to demonstrate that love for us was in Christ Jesus, right? That, that love is not something that we can just kind of receive, hold on to, but love is something that is demonstrated, right? Love is an action. Love is a verb. Love, love is getting engaged in people's lives, right? It's just not something that's a feeling that we just kind of hold on to and feel good about and get all warm and fuzzy about. I mean, love is something that needs to be expressed. You know, God in His nature was love, and because of that, God was impelled. He, he had to express that love. And the expression of that love is not only in, you know, the creation of the universe, the creation of us and all that, but specifically, it was expressed in a person in that person of Jesus Christ. Right? Um, little Susie, uh, four years old, uh, was really excited to get home from, um, from preschool because at preschool they had uh, listened to the story about Snow White. You remember the story? You know, ladies, you're all shaking your head, right? Oh, yeah, one of my favorites. Remember the story of Snow White? So little Susie was all excited about getting home and telling her mother about the story about Prince Charming and Snow White and all the whole thing. And so she got home and she told mom the story and it got to the end. And she said, oh, and Prince Charming showed up on his beautiful white horse and he kissed Snow White and, and Snow White became alive. And oh, mom, it was just awesome. And then Susie said, and mom, mom, do you know what happened next? And mom smiled, of course, and said, yes, dear, I know. They lived happily ever after. Susie paused for a minute and said, No, Mom, they got married. <laughs> I mean, we live in a world that doesn't always make for happily ever after, right? But it's into that kind of world that God demonstrates love. It's into that kind of world, into whatever your world is, into whatever your life is at this very moment, that God chooses to demonstrate for you how love works. And he demonstrates it in the person of Jesus Christ. Scripture tells us that. Verse John 4 uh, shows us how love is, is real and how it needs to be demonstrated. It says, real love isn't our love for God, but his love for us. That God sent His Son to be the sacrifice by which our sins are forgiven. What is it? Love is incredible because love gets demonstrated. And God demonstrated His love in the person of Jesus Christ. Love is an action. It shows itself. And this action that God shows us in the person of Jesus Christ is an action that isn't dependent on how good or bad we are. It's simply an action that says, look, I'm going to love you no matter what. Romans 5. But God showed how much He loved us by having Christ die for us even though we were sinful. You see that? Even though we didn't measure up, God chose to show His love for us. Remember, happily ever after doesn't always take place, and it doesn't always take place in our marriages either and in our relationships. And so right away we can look at our spouses and, and we can look at other people in our lives and see how they don't measure up. 
how they've disappointed us in this way or in that way, how wish that this would have happened or wish they would have done that or wish they wouldn't have done this, right? And the reality is the challenge of God's love is that we love those people anyway. Regardless if they measure up or not, regardless if there's still the Prince Charming on the white horse, regardless if there's Snow White, the Sleeping Beauty, regardless of what life has turned out to be in your relationship right now, the real question is, are you ready to express the kind of love that God has already expressed to you? Remember, love is not a feeling alone. Love is an action. And the kind of love, real love, that the Bible talks about is a love that expresses itself regardless of the situation. So the challenge for us, as we start looking at our marriage, as we start looking at our relationship, is is the question, are we demonstrating that kind of love in those relationships? Are we demonstrating that kind of love that says this person doesn't have to measure up in order to earn or qualify for my kind of love? But are we ready for the kind of love that just simply loves them? Just simply loves them uh, anyway. It's a love that gets demonstrated. You say, whoa, wait a minute, that's a pretty heavy beginning. They challenged me a lot here. I mean, there's some folks in my life that I just don't want to love them. (laughs) Sorry. That's the kind of love that God expressed to you. And it's the kind of love He invites you to express to others. How do you get to do that? How does that happen? How do you make that step where you're we're able to grow to that kind of expressing that kind of love, it starts in one place, one place only. To understand love, to understand how real love gets expressed, it's got to start in one relationship, and that is to start first and foremost with just falling in love with Jesus Christ. Just loving Christ. Just falling absolutely in love with Christ. When you fall in love with Christ and you grow in that relationship of love with Christ, then you're going to grow in your other relationships. Look at what Jesus says. He puts it first and foremost. Mark 12. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. How much does he want us to be in love with God? Get it? I mean, he's trying to describe absolutely every parameter he can think of to describe everything that's about you, right? He's trying... Look, all of you, the reality is that when God wants to to experience a love relationship with us, He doesn't want to just experience that on Sunday morning. He just wants to experience that in a little portion of our life. The love relationship that God wants to have with us in Christ is absolutely total. I mean, you think about it. Did God hold back any part of Christ from us? Absolutely not. He gave up everything in Christ. And when we enter into that love relationship with Him, that's exactly what He wants in return. For us to express that same kind of love that says, Lord, my life is absolutely, utterly Yours. Every bit of it. And you just fall in love with Christ. In the Old Testament, we've got uh, King David. Great king, right? I mean, King David, man, he was an awesome guy. He was, he was like the greatest king in, in all of Israel. But you look at his life, you look at his life, you say, well, did he do some awesome stuff? Yeah, he did some great stuff, some great battles for the Lord and extended the borders of Israel. I mean, he did some awesome stuff. But did he also have some incredible failures? 
Oh, absolutely. There was this, this little woman there named Bathsheba. I mean, he had some tremendous failures in his life in terms of being faithful, right? But yet, how come David, how come David could always be understood to be such a great king? There's only one answer. There's only one answer the Bible gives us to the key to David's greatness. And the answer is that no matter what happened in David's life, the scripture says David was a man after God's own heart. What was he? He was absolutely in love with God. He was in love with God. You make mistakes? Yeah. Did he disappoint God? Yeah, absolutely. Did you do great things for God? Sure he did. Awesome stuff. But it didn't change his heart. His heart was always coming back to that place that said, I'm going to get back to that love relationship that I have with the living God. And, and Jesus calls us to the same thing. He calls us to this incredible kind of love relationship that's absolutely total in Christ. If you go to Luke 11, Jesus is having a debate with Pharisees. And uh, we always pick up this verse during our tithing messages, you know, when we're really trying to teach you guys the faithfulness of tithing. But we miss one important part. So it's Valentine's Day, and I want to bring up the important part. It doesn't mean you have to go to the tithing part, by the way, but I want to bring up one important part, okay? Here's what he says. Woe to you Pharisees, because you, uh, you give God a tenth of your mint, your rue, and the other kinds of the garden herbs, but you neglect justice and, what's the important part? The love of God. You see that? He's saying, look, you can't neglect this. You can't neglect in your life just absolutely being in this, this relationship of love with God. Just understanding how awesome God is and the desire to just be in the presence of God. I went to uh, Carthage College down in Kenosha and... Uh, what my uh, sophomore year, I met uh, I met this young girl there, and uh, you know, I mean, when I met her, it was like, well, I think I'd like to get to know her better, and I did. And before long, we started spending a lot of time together, and we went on a dates, and we did that stuff you do in courtship and all that kind of stuff. And and every time we were together, I kind of said, you know, I want to I want to be with her together again, you know, and. I, and every time I wanted to spend more time with her, and and all of a sudden I was interested in what she thought and what she believed, and and you know time went on, and and we grew. Do you know I came to a point in my life where I could not imagine going forward in my life without having her as part of my life. What happened to me? I fell in love. I fell in love, right? I fell in love to the place that said. I cannot imagine my life without this person in my life. That's what it is for Christ. You see, I can't imagine my life without having Christ in it. I, I can't imagine facing a day without walking with Christ in that day. I mean, I want to spend more time with him. I want him to be part of my, my celebrations. And, and I, I know he's willing to be part of my sorrows and my challenges. And, and I just want to be closer to him. I want to spend time with him. You see, it's falling in love with Christ. It's being able to come to that place in your life where you simply say, Look, my life doesn't mean anything if Christ isn't part of it. It's falling in love. Peter Marshall uh, once uh, gave this advice. This is really good. Um, I tell young couples this and uh, uh, folks you know, interested in, in growing relationships. 
Here's what he said. Don't marry the person you can live with. Marry the person you can't live without. Isn't that great? Don't marry the person you can live with. Marry the person you can't live without. Why? That's what real love is. You see, that's what real love is. For us, real love and the love God desires for us, the relationship He wants for us, is to have that kind of love relationship where we just face life knowing and wanting more of God. Just wanting more of Christ in every experience that we face. And being confident that no matter what we face, He loves us just the same. That He loves us that same way. That He wants to be more and more and more a part of our life. He tells us that. If you go to Romans 8, uh, Paul says, And we know that in all things, how many things? All things, don't miss it, all things, God works for good for those who... You see that? Who love? When you're in this love relationship with God, when, when you can't imagine life and a day without having God being part of it, and, and God is thinking the same thoughts in Christ, not, can't think of the idea of not being part of every moment of your life, God is going to get involved and start working for your good. You see, this young girl that I fell in love with, we got married, you know, and uh, she's working in the kids' camp this morning, so you can ask her, but... You know, we fell in love and we got married. And, and, you know, I want great things in her life. I mean, I want her life to be absolutely awesome and fantastic. Why? Because I love her. Well, that's exactly what Christ wants for you. Why? Because He loves you. We established that, remember? Because He, he wants your life to be absolutely incredible and awesome because He loves you. And in our lives, it's then for us to be confident that He loves us to the point that He's willing to work and show us to have the, have the same kind of love active in our lives. That we love Him and want Him to be the highest and most important and greatest in our lives. Love is an action. It is for us then the invitation to be into that kind of demonstrated love. Okay? We establish God demonstrates His love for us in Christ, right? And it's for us then to learn from Christ, to fall in love with Christ. And once we do that, and once Christ gets working in our life, then that love gets demonstrated in our own lives. That love gets demonstrated in our own lives. How does it work? The invitation then for us is to love the same way Christ loves us. The same way. To, to express that same kind of love that Christ has for us in all of our relationships. Ephesians 5, Paul makes that like incredibly, absolutely clear. Okay? Ephesians 5, and why don't you just say the, the first phrase with me there? You ready? Verse 1. Do as God does. After all, you are his dear children. What does he tell you to do? Do as. Isn't that so simple? He's saying, look. This is the way I love you, okay? This is the way I've shown you, I've demonstrated in Christ. All right, now, when you fall in love with me, then I'm going to start working in your life, and here's how it goes. I want you to do as I do. I want you to express love now, not the way the world defines it, with roses and chocolates. I want you to express love the way I express love. I want you to show the same kind of love 
that I have. Demonstrate that love. It becomes clear. 1 John 4, that's the progression. He says, dear friends, since God loved us this much, we must love each other. What happens? Because God loves us this much, that love's got to get demonstrated where? In our lives and in our relationships. The key to your relationships, the key to your marriage, is to start expressing love the way God does. Start expressing love the way God does. And that's our witness. That's what sets us apart in the world. 1 John 4, my dear friends, we must love each other. Love comes from God. And when we love each other, it shows that we've been given new life. See, we start expressing this love and imitating God in this love, and other people take note. How's it work? If we're going to express love the way God does, it means our love has to be sacrificial love. Sacrificial love. It's not me first love. It's sacrificial love. Right? There was a a couple. They'd been married for about 15 years. And, yeah, their marriage was doing okay. But they were having a little, you know, small little skirmishes with each other and struggling a little bit. So they came up with this bright idea. What they decided to do was to take two jelly jars and put them on the kitchen table. Right? And, you know, they got the grape and they got the strawberry. And and she said, well, I'll take the grape jar and you take the strawberry jar. And here's what we're going to do. For the next month, uh, every day, as we go through the day together, if, if I do something that irritates you, then you just write that down on a slip of paper and you put it in your jar. And, and so that's what they agreed to do, right? That every day, if one or the other did something that irritated the other person, they just write it down on a slip of paper and they put it in their jar. The grape one, the strawberry one, they just put it in the jar, right? And then they agreed at the end of the month they would sit down and open up the jars, pull the stuff out, and then see what it was and read it. Some of the wives are going, oh, I kind of like that idea, right? Yeah, it bothers me a lot, right? So that's what they did. So the whole month, so the jelly jars getting full of these slips of paper with all this writing on it, you know. So they finally sat down at the kitchen table at the end of the month, pulled out the slips, and, of course, uh, she went first and... um, she started reading the things that he had done that irritated her. And things on the list were like, uh, oh, wet towels on the shower floor, dirty socks in the hamper, uh, leaving the jelly jar lid off, you know. Anybody identify with those things out there? Some of you may, right? Now, guys, we're the heroes today. I'm looking out for you, remember? He opened up his jelly jar and he started reading his slips of paper from every day. And every slip of paper said, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Right? What is that? You see, that's sacrificial love. Sacrificial love doesn't keep track of offenses. It doesn't look at failures. It doesn't seek faults. Sacrificial love loves Sacrificial loves. It puts the other person higher than yourself. You see, when Jesus Christ was on the cross, he was thinking about you. He wasn't thinking about what he was going through. He wasn't thinking about the pain and the anguish and the suffering. He was thinking in love about you. That's love demonstrated. And that's the kind of love that God says, look... Do it the way I do it. That's what he does. It is sacrificial love. 
if we go into the scripture and try to understand it, uh, Paul in, in Ephesians uh, says it <coughs> excuse me, plainly. He says, Christ loved us and offered his life for us as a sacrifice that pleases God. Where is he pointing? He's pointing right to what Jesus Christ did and demonstrated in love for us, right? And then he goes on, honor Christ and put what? Others first. You see that? That's the definition of love. That's the biblical understanding of love. It puts the needs of the other above yourself. You see, as you look at all your relationships out there and the things that are being challenged right now in your relationships, you have to ask yourself, what are you doing with those jelly jars? Are, are you going to work every day and struggling in those relationships because you keep packing into that jelly jar all those people's faults? Or do you look at them and do you seek the opportunity and say, look, how can I make their life better? How can I serve them and love them and make their life better? Do you look at your spouse and you say, Oh man, I thought she was going to be this and she turned out to be that. Or I thought he was going to be Prince Charming and he turned out to be, you know, the, the grouch in the garbage can from Sesame Street, right? Or do you look at that person and say, You know what? That person is the greatest gift God has ever brought into my life. And I want that person's life to be incredible. You see, sacrificial love is what... God showed to us. He looks at you every day and he sees your faults and says, I love you anyway and I see what you can become. It's for us to take that same principle of love and demonstrate it into our lives. Husbands and wives, Paul specifically, specifically invites you to show that kind of love in your relationship as husband and wife. If you want your marriage to really become everything God wants it to be, right? And he's got awesome dreams for your marriage. you got to listen to what Paul tells you in Ephesians 5. First he turns to the wife and he says, A wife should put her husband first as she does the Lord. Wives should always put their husbands first as the church puts Christ first. Guys are sitting up in their chair right now, aren't you? Yeah. Did you hear that though, wives? What did he just tell you? He's just telling you, look, practice the kind of love that I practice. And I put you first. So do that in your marriage relationship. Put the needs of your husband above your own needs. Lift him up. Praise him. Encourage him. Strengthen him. Tell him how great he is. Tell him how you admire him. Feed your husband encouragement and strength. That's what God does for you. Apply that to your relationship and your marriage. And do that for your husbands. Husbands? Okay, you don't get off either. Right? Husbands, he turns to you and he says the same thing with a whole different image, but the same thing. He says, And a husband should love his wife as much as Christ loved the church and did what? Gave up his life. Gave up his life for the church. Husbands, he's calling you to a love that is ready to sacrifice everything for the sake of your wife to make her life incredible and the best it can possibly be. That is sacrificial love. That is love demonstrated when you look at your wife and say, she is the most awesome gift God has brought into my life and I want to make her life as incredible as it can possibly be. I want to give her every opportunity to grow and become the woman she, that God wants her to be. I want to do whatever it is that she needs to be encouraged and strengthened 
I want to be the strength of her life right next to Christ. That's sacrificial love. It's the kind of love that God demonstrates towards us and he invites us to demonstrate towards others. You say, okay, I kind of get that. If I put her needs above my own needs, she puts my needs above her needs. Everybody putting each other's needs first. Whose needs get met? Pretty good deal, isn't it? But when you start living a marriage and you start looking at, well, wait a minute, i got to get my needs met first. You put your needs first. That's what Jesus talks about in Matthew 19 when he talks about relationships falling apart. And he said, for their hardness of heart, Moses allowed divorce. See, that's when a heart gets hard and it says, me first. If you live that kind of life in relationships, your relationships are going to deteriorate. Because that's not sacrificial love. That's worldly, selfish, what's in it for me love. What God calls us for is the kind of love he demonstrates. He puts it graphically. And here's where we're in. Just sit back. Listen to the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 13. And for you married couples out there, some of you probably have this read at your wedding. Okay? This is like the most popular verse, uh, chapters read at, a chapter read uh, at a wedding. But think about what Paul is saying here in light of what I've shared with you this morning about that sacrificial love that God has given you and now invites you to put into your marriage and into your other relationships and see if you're doing it. And see today. Forget the roses and chocolate. Make a commitment to your spouse today to practice this kind of love. Okay? Just listen. You ready? What if? What if I could speak all language of humans and of angels? If I did not love others, I would be nothing more than a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. What if, what if I could prophesy and and I could understand all secrets and and I could understand all knowledge? And, And what if I had such faith that that faith could move mountains? I'd be nothing unless I loved others. What if I gave away all that I owned and I let myself be burned alive? I would gain absolutely nothing unless I loved others. Now listen. Love, love is kind and patient. Never jealous, boastful, proud, or rude. Love isn't selfish or or quick-tempered. Love doesn't keep a record of, of wrongs that others do. Love, love rejoices in the truth, but not in evil. Love is always supportive. Love is, is always loyal. Love is always hopeful. And love is always trusting. Love never fails. That's sacrificial love. And that's the love Christ has for you and the love he invites to bring into your marriage. What's love got to do with it? Sacrificial love has everything to do with making your life, your marriage, and your relationships what God wants them to be.
Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We ask for uh, your blessing on uh, our time together, especially that our relationships would be renewed and strengthened and we could find a way to practice love the way you do, that we could just focus on not just being people who are loved, but people who express that same love in the lives of others. And especially today, Lord, we pray over uh, marriage relationships, and we just ask, help us to put the other first, to lift up our husband or lift up our spouse, and to always see them as the awesome gift that they are. Father, we thank you, and we ask for your blessing now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please stay.